and strong opinions. The Mike Bloomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, people still talking about the 2022 election. Maricopa County has certified. Last I heard, uh, Cochise County is the only holdout. Lawsuits now being filed by the Secretary of State's office. It is a it is a law in Arizona that you must canvas the election and certify within 20 days of election day. That is a law that must be followed. Cochise County is saying that they are waiting until Friday. I don't know why that is. Um, will they or won't they? That's the other question. We don't know. Um, but it, what's interesting about what's happening in Cochise County? I'm going to go back. I'm going to get to Maricopa County because that's where the vast majority of you that are listening live. Um, but what's fascinating about what Cochise County is doing is that one of the bright spots for Republicans, and this is about Republicans, by the way. Um, one of the bright spots for Republicans is that we picked up two House seats. And I say we because I'm a registered Republican. Republicans picked up two House seats um, and helped get the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. under Republican control in the next session starting in January. If Cochise County doesn't certify their election, they're going to lose one of those seats, and it's Juan Siscomani. So – it, the one of the bright spots for them, but what, what they're talking about, one of the questions they're asking is about the certification of voting machines. This is what drives me crazy about what's happening right now. I understand the passion. I understand the uh, concern. I understand the anger. I understand all of it. But you can't lose the common sense approach. What I mean by this is don't let your emotions get too far ahead. There are reasonable discussions to be had. And one of those reasonable discussions I'm going to bring up, if Cochise County is now questioning the validity of the certification of their tabulation machines or voting machines, whatever it is that they have in Cochise County, um, why didn't they ask the question before the election? You see, because if it's me, if it's me, um, I'm going to say I want proof that those machines are going to count accurately. So you convince me now because you're saying they're certified. I don't believe it. I want to see proof of certification or whatever that is, the proof they're looking for ahead of time, not after. You know, if you have a question about something and these voting machines, we've been asking questions about them forever. Um, I, I talked with uh, the chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Bill Gates, today, and that's one of the things we talked about was the um, the the uh, voting machines and the fraud claims and how they can't be rigged. Um, and and this has been debunked multiple times. So if you're going to start questioning now in Cochise County the, those machines, is it because your candidates lost? That's the issue here. Would you be as concerned if you won? Would we be seeing these – if Abe Hamaday was 550 votes ahead, would he be filing a lawsuit or or would it be Katie Hobbs? Would Katie Hobbs be questioning the validity? Not the recount because the recount's going to happen automatically. Would Katie Hobbs be questioning the validity of the election in Maricopa County? Though that, That's the question here. The after the fact, see, I told you this was going to happen. Then why didn't you stop it from happening? I mean, again, that's my position is if you're going to question the validity of the of the tabulation machines, the accuracy of the tabulation machines, then why wouldn't you do it ahead of time? The questions here in Maricopa County, the people that don't like those tabulation machines. Let's go back for a moment. Um, let's go back to the audit 
in Arizona, the audit that happened of the Maricopa County election. Do you guys remember how long it took to hand count all those votes? Now, what they came up with was um, pretty much the same thing everybody else came up with the first time. But that took a very long time to hand count. If you want things done quickly, the machines were proven to have not been connected to the Internet. Um, All of that was proven. As a matter of fact, I want you to hear this is the part of this conversation with Bill Gates where he talks about that question. We have the logic and accuracy tests that take place before the the tabulators start running and after the tabulators have completed it. We did it in 2020, did it again in 2022, and showed that there was no manipulation, no malware on the tabulators at all. So you don't have to believe me. Look at the evidence, look at the data, and it establishes that those machines cannot be rigged. And here's where my issue is. I've I've mentioned this before when I've talked about, first of all, let's go back to 2016, the Democrats that denied the election. Hillary Clinton is an election denier. There's no doubt. And is she being treated differently than other election deniers? She absolutely is. This is the unfairness sometimes in the way things are portrayed. No one is calling her a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. No one is calling her crazy. Hillary Clinton put out a video a couple of weeks ago and said that the Republicans are actively trying to steal the 2024 um, presidential election. She said those words. And she talks about a conspiracy where Republican leadership and the radical right-wing Supreme Court are working together to steal the election. Nobody lost their minds and went screaming at Hillary Clinton about election denial and casting her out and saying you should. So I would say to all of the people out there, and I keep hearing it over and over again about how crazy the Republican Party has gotten and that I don't because I don't call people out strongly enough, cast out Hillary Clinton. Go on Twitter right now and say that Hillary Clinton is nothing more than an election denier and she should be thrown out of the Democratic Party. And the faster the Democrats get rid of her, the better off they're going to be. No, because some of them agree with her train of thought, which is that the Supreme Court is radically right because of Donald Trump and they are going to take away your right to vote and they're going to put it in the hands of other people and our democracy is under attack. We've been hearing that narrative for a long time. Nobody's calling them crazy. Why? Because to some degree, you agree with what they're saying. On the other side of this issue, the election deniers that are saying because the naked eye in 2016, the naked eye said there's no way Donald Trump, who has never been elected to a public office before, now he's running for the highest office in the land. There is no way he's going to beat Hillary Clinton. No way that that could possibly happen. And it did. And to the naked eye, it didn't seem possible. So it must mean somebody cheated. The Russians cheated. Somebody cheated. Election denial. Stacey Abrams in Georgia. It all happened that way. Fast forward to 2020. And everybody that said the same thing because in Arizona, let's be honest, to the naked eye in Arizona, it didn't look possible that Joe Biden could win the Arizona If you looked around at the Trump trains and all of the rallies and everything else that was going on, there was a loud and wide support for Donald Trump. Come election day, Donald Trump loses by 10,000 votes. Naked eye, somebody must have cheated. But what you think you know and what you can prove are two different things. And what's happened now has been theory after theory after theory, and many of them have been debunked. 
Bill Gates and the machines. You have to look at the evidence. They were never connected to the Internet. Nobody broke into the system. There was no malware. These are independent studies. And you can shrug your shoulders and say, well, I don't know what happened, but something happened. That's fine. But everybody has to be on the conspiracy if you believe it. Fast forward to 2022. And we have issues with printers and tabulation machines not working right. Once again, it's all part of the bigger plan that Bill Gates and the other supervisors are in on. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Coming up in a moment, we do Did You Hear This? It catches you up on the big headlines, and it's going to happen momentarily. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's get you caught up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Bill Gates, explained how the board was able to certify the election. There was a confidence that all of us had on the board, and there were lots of questions, one raised by the speakers, but also raised by my colleagues and I, to establish that this was, in fact, safe, accurate, and secure. Other than the evidence presented, what would convince the public that the election was viable? I don't listen. The people there are a group of people that are never going to believe what you tell them, no matter what evidence you give them. That's in any situation in society. What we have to do is you have to give all the evidence out there so that the majority of people look at the evidence and say, I don't like the outcome. But right now, there's not enough proof either way. And we have to move on. That's the best they can hope for. CEO of KB Advisory Group, Kristen Bentz, explains why the market is bifurcated and its impacts on consumers. You have a very large, low-end consumer faction. They're seeking deals. They're spending money early. They're putting a lot of things on credit. They're using layaway. And then you have your high-end consumer that is flush with cash, and they're probably propping up, you know, the U.S. economy. What can we learn about these patterns in consumer spending? I just think what you are seeing here is the attempt that we are always trying to make, which is to bolster the middle class, when we have these big upheavals in our economy, what it does is it hammers the middle class because the haves are always going to be the haves. And, in, you know, when prices go up, it's inconvenient to people that have a lot of money and to people that are subsidized. They are still getting subsidies to help protect them from falling through the cracks. It's hardworking people that don't qualify for subsidies. It's hardworking people that can't go out and get any more work. These are the people that suffer the most. And this is what a bifurcated market shows you. The middle class is suffering a great deal. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. Growing unrest, protests, and lockdowns in China over the government's COVID zero policy are having an effect on supply chains. Many Apple stores are seeing iPhone 14 shortages of up to 40% as we head into the holiday season. There doesn't seem to be any sign that this is slowing down. Would these lockdowns and a looming rail strike create a perfect storm? Oh my gosh, that's the the rail the rail strike at any time in America would damage our economy so severely that it would drive us into a very very dark place. Which is why I believe the federal government's going to have to get involved and try to make this stop so that it doesn't happen. But especially now when things are weak, we've already been going through a couple of years of supply chain issues because of COVID nineteen and the China lockdowns. To now exacerbate that problem domestically at the holiday season would be exactly what you called it, Julia, a perfect storm. The USA men's national team match against Iran in the FIFA World Cup has become shrouded in a social media controversy. 
Iran's state-run media demanding FIFA kick the U.S. out of the World Cup for a social media post in which the U.S. team account temporarily removed the Islamic emblem from Iran's flag. What are the real-world <laughs> implications of this game for both the teams and countries? I don't think there's any real-world implications. There's already a strained relationship here. The, the, the nation of Iran has been threatening the U.S. for a very, very long time. They've been doing it militarily. They've been doing it on social media. From an American perspective, and that's the only one I can give you, I find it really funny that the government of that country is complaining about a social media post with the treatment of people that they are having protesters in their own country protesting. What they do to women, what they do to gay people, what they do to people that they disagree with that is contrary to their religious beliefs. It is not just people that have been oppressed. They have been jailed and they have been killed. And they're going to complain about social media. So you know how seriously I'm taking these things now. Great job, Julia, as always. And that match does happen today, and I am compelled by it. I, I want to see the USA do well. The USA, this would have been a fun game anyway. It is kind of in the world. It's almost like the Rocky fight against Ivan Drago, where it is it is a boxing match against two people, but it's also two countries that oppose each other. This would have been interesting to me and compelling anyway. You pile on top of that that the U.S. wins this game, not ties. If they win this game, they are into the knockout round. So you add all that together. Together, it's already a compelling story. But I will say this. The uh, political correctness in America and the, the this posting of this uh, of the flag without the Islamic symbol, and they take it as a great offense. Well, they take it as a great offense because they hate us. The U.S. apologized. The coach apologized. It's time to move on. But again, this is such a – this is the over-offended that, uh, that people get. Well, I'm so offended by this. It's social media. Get over it. It's not a real place. Doesn't change your beliefs. They took the post down. They apologized. Time to move on. Coming up in a moment. We're going to let you hear a little bit more of my interview with Kristen Bentz from KB Advisory Group. Very compelling conversation. You're going to hear more of it next. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I love, depending on where you stand politically, where we kind of go down roads. I'm a guilty of it. I admit that I'm guilty of it as well. But the great conversations I'm having with people about election deniers and all this other stuff, which I hope we get to before the end of the show, it's just such a fun topic. You know, all of this outrage about the election deniers and how crazy the Republican Party has gotten because they deny the election and they want to revote and they want all this. I'll give you two names, Stacey Abrams and uh, Hillary Clinton. Well, we'll talk about them again. Um, Hillary Clinton is the consummate election denier. She said election was stolen in 2016. She wrote a book called What Happened. She toured the world saying the election was stolen from her recently and less than a year from uh, previously, you know, less than a year ago. She said, we may never know what happened in 2016, what actually happened. Stacey Abrams never conceded the election in Georgia and Hillary Clinton in the last couple of weeks made a statement saying that the Republicans and the radical right-wing Supreme Court are trying to steal the 2024 presidential election. So if you're going to be outraged at election deniers and they're all going to be tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, throw your own people in that pot. Be fair. Be fair. But Hillary didn't ask that people. Wait a minute. Hillary Clinton said it was stolen. She wrote a book saying it was stolen. She's an election denier. 
throw her in the same pot you did with the crazies. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I want to talk about Kristen Bentz. Uh, she's such a great guest and talking about what's going on in markets. But it's interesting when you look at um, what people are saying. Here's an article headlined Salted Ants Ground Crickets. Why you should try edible insects. This was from the Washington Post. Consumers can already find foods like salted ants on Amazon and cricket powder protein bars in the in Swiss grocery stores. Um, this piece quoted a six-year-old girl in Pennsylvania who was supposedly given a rousing ovation by onlookers for eating fried worms. Um, the piece states it's not all it's not that bad. It's kind of tastes like kettle corn. So the reason why people are upset about this is because they're talking about um, this economy and the response is just eat bugs. You'll get you'll get over it. You're going to be fine. You're fine. But what this speaks to, in my opinion, what this speaks to is what I've talked about all along, that the American people feel like they need to be listened to. The the American people are not going to lay everything at the feet of one person. Not everything in the world was Donald Trump's fault. Um, Not everything in the world is Joe Biden's fault. I've made acknowledgments, and there is nothing about the Biden administration that I agree with. But I acknowledge that not everything lays at his feet, but there are things that he could do differently and should do differently. The biggest of which is an acknowledgement that his policies in some way are leading to the financial hurt of the American people. And if you're not going to go that far, you should give a better acknowledgement that the American people are hurting. An offhanded comment, oh, I know some people are hurting, but we're doing this. Mm. I've used Bill Clinton, another Democrat, obviously. I've used Bill Clinton as a prime example. Former President Bill Clinton looked at the American people and said, I feel your pain. It was a a very uh, well-known, well-remembered quote from the former president. And what he was talking about was raising taxes and how we do everything we can to not have to raise your taxes. And I feel your pain, but I'm going to have to. And he was so well-received by the American people. Um, You know, the controversy and the scandal that happens, another thing. But as far as his policies went, he was very well-liked by the American people. He was seen by the American people as a relatable person. One of the people that many people on both sides of the political aisle would love to hang out with or would have loved to hang out with. Barack Obama, with the way he was able to drive home a message and connect with people, and he said, we are the change we've been waiting for, and and, and hope and change. There was a message that rallied the American the American people. And we just don't see a lot of that right now. We certainly don't see it from this administration. Now, not everybody is going to be the quality communicator that Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or Ronald Reagan were. Not everyone is going to be as qualified to communicate as those people. But you have to be able to connect, and they just don't. There are people on the other side of this that I just think are seen as out of touch. Um, When John Kerry ran for president, John Kerry, it, it was funny because there was a crowd of people called the Anybody But Bush, the ABBs. They were the ones that started this whole thing, not my president. So it was ridiculous because he was their president, not my president, with the W, with the red circle and the line through it, not my president. And they actually made statements like you could – he was so hated. They hated George Bush so much that they thought everybody hated George W. Bush. I saw it. I mean I was involved in the campaign. So everywhere I went um, at a campaign stop, whether it was big or small, I saw the haters, man. I and They hated him, and they thought the nation hated him. They 
reason we can run a ham sandwich against this guy and beat him. He's dumb. He's he can't even speak English and he's an idiot. And so every picture that was ever modified at a protest of George W. Bush either depicted him as as Hitler with the little mustache or Alfred E. Newman with the big ears, you know, the old uh, Mad Magazine guy. Uh, And that's the way he was depicted, either an idiot or a tyrant. That was everywhere you went. And they thought we could run anybody against this guy and beat him. He's such a horrible president. Everybody hates him. We're going to. And they ran John Kerry. John Kerry was the most out of touch. The things that he did and said were so absolutely ludicrous as a candidate for president. He went, he went, uh, of course, everything's a photo op, which is not bad because all people do it when they run for office. Some of you may remember this. I, I have this weird thing. I never get embarrassed for myself. That's why I've never been shy about getting on stage or speaking in front of a group. I don't I don't expect success for myself, so I don't get embarrassed when I do something stupid. But I'm one of the people that get embarrassed for other people. It's why I kind of cringe at karaoke sometimes. I've, I've, I've used the example of you always know there's the really drunk girl at karaoke that wants to sing a song to her best friend and she breaks down crying while she's trying to sing the song. I get embarrassed for those people. John Kerry in a photo op was going to go hunting. So he dressed up like Elmer Fudd, and that's exactly how he was dressed. He dressed up like Elmer Fudd, and he walked up to the counter to get a, a hunting license. And you know what he said? Now, this is a guy from educated in the best schools in the world, a very, very elite guy, speaks very well. He walked up to the counter and says, I'm here to get me a hunting license. You know, just completely out of touch. So I know I'm getting off track and what what I'm trying to to bring forward. But the statement about the economy, the Biden administration looks so out of touch because they don't even acknowledge the depth of hurt that people are feeling. Now, I have said I don't want to see a recession. I mean, I guess maybe I'm one of the few people publicly on my side of the aisle. They want to see failure in the president. So he's assured a loss in 24. I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden in 24. I don't care what happens to the economy. I disagree with their policies. That's what I base my vote on. But I don't want to see failure. I don't want to see new businesses fail. I don't want to see weak businesses fail. I don't want to see older businesses fail. I don't want to see employees laid off. I want us to see success. I definitely want to see that. But if you look at what's happening, people are hurting. Fuel prices are through the roof. In new, the story about New England. In, in New England, they are going to pay a huge amount of money and a great deal more money this year for heating oil. And there's stories about the fact that the, what, what Washington can do to offset it. But they're not. New England high heating costs exacerbated by federal government. Um, the region is particularly vulnerable due to an ongoing diesel shortage. And because it relies heavily on home heating oil, it also lacks a pipeline infrastructure of other areas of the U.S. And therefore must have liquid natural gas or other fuels imported. This is, again, all about policy. It's just about policy. So we want to before we get out of here, a little bit more of our conversation about elections and how can we? Is it possible for the American people to agree to disagree on elections here in Arizona? Let's talk about Arizona and not the rest of the country. Can we agree to disagree and look forward to 2024 or is this going to continue to be cheaters and the, the excuse when you lose that somebody stole it from you? We'll talk about it next. Strong value.
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And this Tuesday has flown by just a few minutes left. I want to talk about uh, peace. But what I mean by that is, uh, let's go back. I, I, I've been talking with people online about this. Go back to 2016. We have had every single election since 2016, I believe, maybe not in 2018, but every election cycle since 2016, we've had people deny the validity of that election on both sides of the political aisle. It seems to be the way things are done. I was taught differently, and I understand that there are times when people cheat. When they do cheat, when they're caught cheating, you have to expose it. Uh, In the NBA, there was a referee who was caught fixing games. Now, there is a conspiracy theory out there that I don't subscribe to that says that the NBA is rigged like uh, like the WWE, that the outcome is predetermined. If that were true, Vegas wouldn't let you gamble on it, just like you can't gamble on the WWE. But there are people that believe that there is that, you know, oh, this is good. They the TV wants this to go seven games. So, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. And then if that does happen, that the team you expect to lose loses. See, told you rigged, rigged. That's been going on for years, going on for years. Then there was a referee who actually got caught cheating and he went to prison. So it's not that people don't cheat. But we're looking at what happened in 2016, and you look back at the four years of hearings that about Russian collusion and the Mueller report about the dossier and all of this other stuff where nothing was proven. Not only was nothing proven, the Mueller report actually says they didn't find any evidence that anybody in the Trump campaign or any American colluded with the Russians before 2016 when it was presumed that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election, former president. Obama said, no one's ever stolen one of our elections. No one's ever going to be able to steal one of our elections. And then after it was all over, he said, you know, I probably should have taken that a little bit more seriously. But this has been going on since 2016, probably even before that, but in a big nationwide way since 2016. In 2020, when Donald Trump lost Arizona, when that happened, Um, People lost their minds because the naked eye couldn't possibly prove to them that that happened. So what do we do now? Because now we know what happened in 2020. Now it's 2022. The election's over. It's been certified except for Cochise County. And uh, the elections are going to stand the way they are with one exception, the recount that's going to happen because only 500 plus votes separate uh, the attorney general's race when over two and a half million votes were cast. So that recount is going to happen. And then we'll see. But as it stands right now, we know who won these races. Do we move forward to 2024? And I mean all of us. This isn't just a Republican thing. Do we move forward to 2024? Do we put up our best candidates that talk about issues that are important to everybody, or do we preach to the choir? And if we preach to the choir, it's only the choir that shows up to vote. If you look at what happened, it, it, and I, I'm being, I'm going to be as fair as I can here. Either, either you have to look at the evidence of how people voted. The number one vote getter in statewide races was Kimberly Yee. A Republican. So Republicans there fared very well. She got more votes than any other candidate in any other statewide race. 
Tom Horn, the other Republican that won a statewide race, won superintendent of public instruction, which is normally held by a Democrat. We, you know, if you look at public sentiment, public sentiment says national security and economy, Republican issues, social issues, education, Democrat issues. And in a time when we saw some other candidates lose, he won and beat an incumbent Democrat. Republicans picked up a couple of seats in the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C., part of what was supposed to be a red wave, but they did live up to it here in Arizona, and they won those races. The Republicans maintained the majority in the House and the Senate in the state legislature. So all of those things were consistent with what we thought was going to happen. If you look at the evidence in that regard, then you have to start asking yourself, okay, why did Carrie Lake not beat Katie Hobbs? Because in my opinion, the Hobbs campaign was run horribly. No offense to her. I don't mean this as an offense, but it wasn't run properly. Why didn't Blake Masters win that race? And if you aren't going to look at that honestly, if you aren't going to make an assessment, what ends up happening is that you end up on the wrong side of things in 2024. I'm anxious to see how we do it. All right, we are just about out of time. If you're a social media user, you can find me at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter. At Broomhead Show is the show account that updates you about all of our guests and upcoming events on the show. And Mike Broomhead, all one word, is where you can find me on Instagram. I'd love to keep in touch between shows. We'll be back tomorrow at approximately 8 a.m. We'll have that show for you again. We'll do another edition of the Mike Broomhead Show. So until we do that, I hope you're going to take care of yourselves. Hope you have a great day. My day is going to be long, but I will be back with you tomorrow morning at eight. Have a great day, everyone. God bless.